Shit's about to get messy. Real messy. Oh, you want my number? Oh, no, sorry. I don't give it up to strangers. <laughs> yeah, but you can listen to my podcast, though. podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. I have been extremely open about my struggles with severe anxiety, depression, childhood trauma, and therapy has honestly given me the tools to not only get through the everyday, but enjoy every day. Whether you're coping with trauma, stress, a specific hardship, whatever it may be, you don't need to feel ashamed of normal human struggles because you deserve to be happy. And now you don't have to worry about finding an in-person therapist near you because there's BetterHelp. BetterHelp is customized online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat sessions. So you don't have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to. You all know I always complain about how expensive therapy is, but BetterHelp therapy is much more affordable than in-person therapy. And you can start communicating with your therapist in under 48 hours. Join the millions of people who are working with therapists from home. I mean, what's the harm in trying it? I guarantee BetterHelp's therapists will provide you with a new perspective on your current struggles. BetterHelp has a special offer for Meet My Mess listeners. You can get 10% off your first month of professional therapy at betterhelp.com slash meetmymess. That's betterhelp.com slash meetmymess. Thanks again to BetterHelp for sponsoring this podcast. Good day to all you mess makers and thank you for tuning in every single week to Meet My Mess. Today we have a guest that inspires many and especially me, it's me. (laughs) We're back. We are sweating like a pig in a butcher's. We have adult acne, aka mosquito bites all over our face. We're recovering from strep throat. We are thriving, clearly. I'm coming back to the show feeling refreshed, feeling revamped. Um, I'm coming in with new segment, new segment, not segments. I don't work that hard. And bringing back an old segment, I was feeling like the show needed a little structure. I've been listening to you guys. So structure it is that you want it is structure you shall get. Personal updates. I still don't have a microphone. No one in Croatia spends their day podcasting because they actually have to work for a living. They have real ass jobs, like in offices, in like restaurants, in retail stores. Whereas me, I sit around and eat tzatziki and write about my fucking life and hope that someone eventually will listen. Still no microphone. Last night I had some great casual sex. Um, it really restored my faith in manmanity because I have been having TBH, a lot of casual sex lately. And, you know, I was just starting to feel like shit about it because I was like, here I am giving away my the best part about me to any man that walks by my body. 
and I'm not getting any enjoyment out of this. I feel like shit. As soon as they leave, we, I never come. I should probably not be talking about this in the first 10 minutes if I want this episode to be seen to anyone. But anyways, never finish. Last night, different story. I'm telling you, the Germans know what they are doing. Every time I've hooked up with a German guy, it's been great. I've never had one single complaint about hooking up with a German guy. They care about your pleasure. They make sure you finish. They're kinky, they're rough, they're intimate. Um, I had a guy give me a massage yesterday. I was so uncomfortable. I was like, what are you doing? Like, I've never had a guy massage me. I've never had a guy kiss me after hooking up. This is just a foreign land. But um, reminder, you can tell right away on a date if it's going to be a good hookup. If you think this could go either way, I would say refrain. That's why you have toys at home. Um, That way you don't have to deal with kicking them out of your apartment. That way you don't have to deal with cleaning up for them. That way you don't have to deal with a big phallic object being shoved in your throat repeatedly to the point that you gag. And that way you don't have to deal with the crushing, crushing realization that you will never hear from the person again. And you might end up with a baby or an STD, just saying. But if it is gonna be good, worth it, worth it. Hoe it up. So I mentioned I have a new segment. I'm just trying to get a little comfortable before we before we settle into this new segment. I'm a little nervous about this one. We'll see how it goes. Um, bear with me. This segment is called da, 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 da. Oh my god, I hate myself. <laughs> the Wheel of Chaos. So this segment is gonna be a reoccurring segment. We're gonna use it each week to warm up our messiness, warm up our vocal cords warm up our cerebral cortexes for the damage that this podcast is about to do. So the wheel of chaos, I have about 10, 15 subjects on this wheel and I'm going to spin it and whatever topic comes up, we're going to chat about it. So without any delays, let's, uh, let's uh, hop into this. I'll uh, show you guys the little wheel I got going on. Very exciting. All right, ready? I wish, I feel like I should have some music playing for this. I'll add some. Can you hear the tick, 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 tick? Inst- oh yeah, yeah, woo, cheers. Um, no, 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 I don't wanna spin it again, huh? That was just an extra little cheer for me. So the subject we got was da 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 intimacy. Um, huh. I'm really bad at this one. This was something I thought I was really good at for years. Um, but intimacy is tough. It's something you. I have nothing prepared for this, by the way. So I'm just trying to figure out something to say. It's something that you. Huh. I can tell how familiar I am with it. Hmm. <laughs> Intimacy is 
rare, that's for sure. Um, I think especially in this day and age with dating apps, with the sex culture we have, it's very, very rare to find yourself an intimate partner. Um, whether that be a sexually intimate partner, whether that be an emotionally intimate partner, I guess they kind of go hand in hand, but intimacy is really, really hard to get. And it's something that you develop over time, which is something this generation doesn't seem to have as time. Um, I think people, a lot of people confuse intimacy with, um, sexuality or caring for someone but intimacy is where the two kind of intersect in my opinion it's things like getting a massage things like kisses in places other than your lips like I would say like forehead kisses forehead kisses ear bites those things are very very intimate <laughs> um things like making someone coffee things like sleeping with someone inside of you these are all very very intimate things and if you don't want someone to fall in love with you you should not be doing these things um these are also great tactics for making someone fall in love with you is doing intimate little things like that um intimacy can feel very very foreign to a lot of people and it can make you fall in love fast but I genuinely feel like you can't be intimate with someone unless you have strong feelings towards them if you don't respect someone it's going to be very hard to be intimate with them if you don't care for someone's well-being it's going to be very very hard to be intimate with them um yeah I would also like to bring up aftercare for a second because I think that this is a form of intimacy that you can get outside of a romantic relationships I think romantic relationships intimacy comes naturally if it's healthy but I think in sex that's something that doesn't come naturally but is a little bit more needed and it brings your sexual experiences up to a 35 instead of a five um yeah aftercare let's talk about it because I myself am quite a kinky being I like things rough I like to be talked down to but at the end of the night when you're leaving that doesn't always feel good if you have these experiences of being ravished beyond belief being punched <laughs> I'm just kidding being um tied up slapped yelled at to great not yelled at sorry don't yell at people I mean yell at people that's what you like but I personally think I might cry while being hog tied just tearing up if someone yelled at me um but with these kinky potentially not so loving acts we need to have a counterpart. I know we all know what aftercare is, but I just want to stress the importance of it because I really feel like kinky sex without aftercare can lead to severe, severe trauma, um, depending on how far you're going with the behaviors. 
you might not realize it, but every time you're being degraded down to essentially a prop to be played around with, um, that takes a mental toll on you as much as you think it might not, it does. And even if you don't feel like you want aftercare, even if it's may not necessarily be a the part of sex that you're there for, it's an essential part of BDSM, in my opinion. Um, and I want to also talk about just like forms of aftercare because I think some are better than others. Obviously, this is going to defer based on your opinion, but I think that cuddling that's that's for the week I don't think cuddling is a valid form of aftercare in my opinion it can be part of it but it doesn't work if you cuddle with someone and then just like immediately fall asleep because that's not reassuring them that you want to be a part of of their lives if it's not basically feeding them and fucking them. Um, you can't just cuddle someone and fall right to sleep. That is not going to make someone feel good. Just a thought. Um, I would say the best aftercare I have gotten have been massages. I actually really, really hate massages, but in terms of kink, a massage is nothing compared to what they've just seen you do, what they've just said to you. So a massage is a good one. It shows, even if you don't love massages, it has someone show that they are like willing to give to you and not just use you. Um, I think conversation is the most important of it all. Um, conversation about what just happened and conversation about other things too. Conversation about um, like life, your interests, your family, your hobbies, things like that. You want to be made to feel like you're still interesting in more than just a sexual way. That's the recurring theme here. You want to make your partner feel safe and interested outside of the sex. So I would say conversation is paramount. Ask them if there were things that they didn't enjoy, things that they loved, things that they want to try next time. Um, was it too rough? Was it too soft? What? Let's have these conversations. If you can't have conversations about sex, you probably shouldn't be having it. Just a fact. You want to be confident that your partner is going to take care of you and is not going to hurt you and confident that they have your best interests at heart. Speaking of confidence, but do segue. Um, that is what I want to really dive into today. Confidence. I mean, personally, summer's approaching I've been really, really struggling with my confidence um, in terms of my body, but we're going to talk about confidence in a million different ways because there's a million different things you can be insecure about. Um, a million. <laughs> and there's also a million things you can be 
there's a million things you can be non-confident in. There's a million things you can be confident in. So it's all about balance. But I hope that that I can maybe provide some insight on how to navigate times of insecurity. Um, Because I think we need it with the summer months coming, with the pandemic ending. Things just feel a little out of whack, feel a little off kilter right now. Um, I was doing some research. I know. The bitch was reading. And I found out some unreal facts. I don't know if everyone else knew this, but I did not. That confidence is semi-built into our genetics. Um, How you view yourself isn't completely up to just you. I mean, of course you can work at things and grow and heal and all those types of things. And that's going to make you feel more confident. But at a baseline, our confidence is somewhat dictated by our genetics, by our brain makeup. How you view yourself isn't completely up to you. Our genetics and brain makeup play a massive part in how we view ourselves. So I found this to be kind of relieving, but also really terrifying. Because on one hand, it's not your fault. You're struggling with your confidence. And it somewhat takes away the power of being able to change where you're at confidence-wise. It takes a little pressure off. It allows you to say, okay, like I might be insecure in this, but at the end of the day, this is who I am. There's not much changing it. So let's move forward with it, live with what we got. And hopefully that will come with some sort of acceptance because I know part of what I beat myself up over being in terms of confidence is not being confident about the things I'm not confident about I always if that makes any sense let me rephrase that I feel insecure about the fact that I'm not confident and that's just like a oreo sandwich of insecurity and this kind of takes away from it it also gives you another thing to shit on that ignorant bitch Rachel about who's always talking about how good her ass is how good she looks naked how she's so confident that she's such a good person and that her chicken tikka masala is the best you'll ever taste like every little thing she does is just fucking perfect we all know her we all hate her but we all spend time around her and it sometimes can get confusing to be like how the fuck is that bitch so confident all the time brain makeup brain makeup um there's sometimes just nothing you can do about it. And even those bitches are probably acting out of insecurity in the end, but fuck you, Rachel. Woo, body image. And I just feel my aunt, my aunt's whole clutching, <laughs> my asshole clutching. Oh, this is where I've been living lately in terms of confidence. Um, the body dysmorphia is rampant. It's real, especially living in Europe um taking all these bikini photos going on boat parties things like that which um still struggling with walking into the room and being like okay where's where's some girls that are bigger than me so I don't have to feel like the biggest girl in the room still struggling with that um but one thing I always try to remind myself is there are a million things you can find to hate about your body but if you take that one thing away you'll always find another. If my biggest insecurity is my stomach, if I took away, if I had a completely flat stomach, I would 
find insecurity in this little double chin right here. If I took that away, I would find insecurity in my cellulite. I would find insecurity in my nose. Like I, there's a million things. Like you take one thing away, another one pops up. Everyone has physical insecurities. It's unfortunate. We should all love each, love ourselves for who we are, but unfortunately that's not the the world we live in so this is a kind of a piece of advice I've stolen from one of my good friends Kayla and she always says that we should she's been on the show before so if you guys want to listen back she's got some good wisdom but she always says to focus on um what your body is doing for you instead of what it looks like which I think is a great, great way to look at things. So if you're just in touch with how your body feels, should you be eating more vegetables? Should you be eating more protein? Should you be exercising more? The natural health will come with it, but also that will be a way better way to look at your body and interact with your body than how it looks, how other people perceive it, how it looks in photos, things like that. Not so much how it looks, but how it feels. I think that that is a huge huge game changer in terms of body positivity and also know for those of you who struggle with body dysmorphia just a quick reminder what you see in the mirror isn't always right I mean for weeks now I was I'll, I'll be straight up I've kind of relapsed in terms of my eating disorder um really restricting myself and what I'm eating contemplating throwing it up. I haven't done that, but I have been thinking about it. Um, just in the order of being transparent, my eating disorder is probably some of the worst it's ever been in my whole life. Um, but I'm constantly reminding myself what I look at in the mirror is not what is reality. I'll look at photos of myself and I'll be like, wow, like I'm really not the person I see in the mirror. I'll have million not millions yeah million people coming up to me saying wow your tits are amazing no that's not what happens but I do have people complimenting me on my body and I know that there's people looking at my photos and thinking if only I could have a body like that and I know the same thing is happening with you guys so it's it takes the work to really keep reminding yourself about what you need to be working on confidence wise you really every day just need to be reminding yourself that I am on a journey it's so cringy I'm on a journey me and my body are on a journey oh my gosh I constantly contradict myself if I heard me I would make fun of me so hard but yeah you it's a constant journey of just reminding yourself that your body does a lot for you and other people look at you physically and think you look unreal on to confidence in your career path um this is a tough one especially in your 20s um your career path is always going to be wrong according to someone if you work at anything long enough though you will be able to make it your career so my piece of advice and having confidence in your career path is choosing something you love sticking to it and working so goddamn hard at it that no one can 
question you because eventually you'll make it. And if they did question you, they'll eat your words when you make it. Like I truly, truly believe if you work long and hard enough at anything, you will be able to make it. Your career path. Um, sticking to it is just massive. I understand your dreams can't be your 100% focus. We need to pay bills. We need to dress ourselves nicely. We need to go on luxury vacations. <laughs> no, but... Um, it's tough being confident in your career path, especially when people bring it up to you and they want to talk about your career. And if you're not fully confident in your career path, that can feel like the most daunting question ever because you have to sit there and defend your career to someone when you're not even sure if it's for you yourself. Um, but one thing I will say is having any type of career is going to push you towards what is meant for you career-wise. Um, or not career-wise, if you were meant to be a housewife, not a real housewife, just a regular housewife, then okay, but your career path is going to push you there, and it's going to teach you more about who you are and who you're meant to be, and I just think continually to work on your career as much as possible is always a positive thing, whether or not you find yourself to be a career-oriented person. Find something that you could make a money off and make yourself a career-oriented person because it's fulfilling. It's very fulfilling. I have been in places where I've been doing nothing and I have never felt so unfulfilled in my life than when I am unemployed. As much as we hate going to work, as much as we hate reporting to someone, as much as we hate getting dressed in the morning and working on things, it would feel a lot shittier to stay in bed all the time and just hit the beach, just eat every single day. That would be really, really, really unfulfilling. So you gotta find something that at least you can tolerate, which we are doing now. Um, confidence in your judgment. This is huge. I struggle with this one a lot. Is it Prosecco? Is it sparkling apple juice? You'll never know. Um, confident in your judgment. So what I mean by this is confidence in saying yes or no to a certain opportunity, if you didn't understand what I meant already. I would say even if you feel like you fucked up massively when you've made decisions in the past, it was an experience you grew from. It said it was an experience you learned from. And I would guarantee if you go back and take it back, you probably wouldn't. Um, so even if you feel like you fucked up, you really didn't because you would have taken that path regardless if, if you knew what you know now, you would still have taken that path. So I would just say your intuition will always serve you right. Um, your gut feeling will always serve you right. Sometimes you choose not to listen to it. But it's always right. I had someone ask me about a month ago. I said this. I was like, oh, like I always just listen to my intuition on every single decision, decision, situation I make. Um, and they were like, wow, like that's amazing. Like, how do you do that? Like, I used to feel so in touch with my intuition. And now I just feel like I've completely lost it. And I would say just practicing, like even in like the little things, like what's an example? Um, in intuition, my intuition as 
my intuition asking me, um, should I go on the date tonight? If my gut is telling me, no, you shouldn't be going out. You need to be spending this time alone. I listen to it. No questions asked. Um, if your gut is saying you shouldn't smoke this extra joint, listen to it. If your gut is saying, don't eat that extra piece of pizza, listen to it. If your intuition is telling you to call your mom, listen to it. These are little things. And the more you practice your intuition on the little things, you are going to be able to hone it in when it comes to big decision-making. So I would say trusting your intuition is massive and try your best to practice your intuition in everything you do. Um, it's not always going to be right. I'll tell you that. It's not always going to be right. Like there's definitely times that my guts told me something and then I wish I had done otherwise for sure. But majority of the time it is going to push you in the right direction you know it's best for you and it's just sometimes you just don't know it and I've said this before but there is a massive difference between nerve and intuition telling you something isn't right for you it is perfectly natural to feel nervous about a new endeavor about a new relationship about a new career path but even if you have nerves that's okay. Your intuition can still be telling you to go forward with something, even if you are feeling very nervous about it. And sometimes you got to decide, are these nerves good? Or is this, am I having a visceral reaction that's telling me that this isn't for me? Um, you have to learn to be able to separate the two because once you know the difference between nerves and intuition, you are really going to be able to trust yourself and trust your judgment and have good confidence in your judgment trying to find a better way to articulate it but yeah really just I would say the difference I feel when it comes to nerve and intuition my nerves if I'm really really nervous about something I will maybe just be like thinking about it a lot um I might like sweat a little I might feel a little nauseous but if something's like really really not right for me there's just going to be something dinging off in your head. Be like, no, 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 no. Don't do this. Don't do this. Don't do this. You're probably going to feel physically ill. You're probably going to have some sort of physical reaction as well as a mental reaction. And I would say nerves is definitely more of a physical one than an emotional reaction, at least for me. I don't know. You have to kind of figure out your own difference between the two. But for me, that's the way it goes. Um, okay. Confidence in choosing your partners. So a lot of people say, oh, I met Tommy and we were in Super Kmart and he came around the corner and he just happened to be buying the same chocolates as me. We both love Ferrero Rocher and that's the moment I knew that we were so Everyone thinks this when they meet a new partner. I think about all of your ex-boyfriends, all of your ex-girlfriends. You've thought, hmm, this could definitely be the one. Okay, so could she, so could she, so could she, so could she. But you just have some sort of draw to a person. This does not mean that you are, they are the one. Um, the difference between when you know the one and when they knew the one, it's fucking luck. 
you know, there's no possible way that someone could meet someone, lock eyes with them and say, yeah, I know for sure that's my person for the rest of my life. I'm sure I'm 100% positive that they will treat me well, that they won't cheat on me, that I'm going to love their family, that we're going to have similar views, similar interests. That's just not realistic. Some people, they just lock out. And then they like to be narcissistic enough to take the credit to say that they just knew, telling you you're so idiotic, basically, for not knowing right away who is going to be good for you and who's not. Um, Just because others' relationships are lasting does not mean that they have chosen a good partner for themselves, that they should have confidence in their judgment, in their choosing their partners, because you are actually the one winning if you have the confidence in choosing yourself as a partner rather than someone unhealthy. And I want to stress that it's okay to pick the wrong people, to test the waters, to date around and realize what's for you, what's not for you, to have a relationship you start and then you break up. You don't need, just because you start a relationship with someone doesn't need mean you need to mold them and craft them into being your ideal partner or anything like that. If a relationship is not working, that's okay. You may have chosen to try something with a partner. That doesn't mean you've chosen this person. I would say when you've chosen this person, it's when you've completely intertwined your lives together, marriage, children, houses, finances, families. That's when you've chosen your person. And even then it's okay to have been wrong about the partner you chose. But I just want to stress no one is completely correct in their ability to choose partners. You may be confident in it, but it doesn't mean you're correct. And I would say you need to push yourself to be confident in choosing what's right for you for now, or be confident in trying things with a partner rather than beating yourself up for not choosing someone that you thought should have been the one. That happens to all of us. You learn things about people over time, over years. Um, Yeah. Don't beat yourself up for not being able to choose the right partner immediately because good chances are you just haven't. You just haven't met them yet. Um, Okay. This one's going to be a little touchy. Confidence in gender or sexual orientation. Um, I'm going to say this is just like a nice little ode to Pride Month. Um, How you feel is what you are. There are 7 billion versions of gender or sexuality in today's day and age. We can try and name them all, but this point I want to lean into is it's okay to lean into whatever you're feeling at the moment. If you wake up and you feel like you want to explore things with girls, okay. If you wake up as a woman and feel like you want to lean a little bit more into your masculine side today, there is nothing, nothing wrong with that. If you decide at 50 years of age, you want to start experiencing with the opposite sex, 
that's okay. Because you try something out or you waver a little bit, that does not put you into a box. That does not put you into a category of gay, trans, lesbian, anything of that matter because you're trying things out. And even if people do put you in that box, who cares? Just lean into what you are feeling like trying at that moment. And it's going to shift day to day, year to year, month to month. You're never going to wake up feeling the exact amount of girly you felt the day before. Um, I would just really say lean into what you're feeling in that moment. Worry less about pronouns and more about who you feel like you genuinely are. And I think your pronouns and your sexual orientation and your gender will come naturally with leaning into that. Um, use the pronouns that you feel more, most comfortable with at the time. If you're a girl and you dress like a boy and you date girls, whatever, you can still identify as she, her, lean into what feels natural to you and everyone else around you they might ask you about it they might be a little confused but that's because they just haven't leaned into what they are themselves and they're still just trying to grasp this whole idea it's a foreign concept to a lot of people and that's not an excuse but I really feel like we are getting very caught up in pronouns and orientation when realistically we should just be able to be who we feel we are that day that month that year and shift with what feels natural to us and give people grace to grow and shift with you because with all that shifting it might be a little bit difficult for the people around you to comprehend but if you yourself feel confident in your own orientation in your own gender if you're sure of who you feel are that day and you lean into it and you thrive in it you're going to inspire so many people to do the same I think we should all just be able to live fluidly in our gender and our orientation without it putting us into a box without it putting us into a category um, that's just my opinion. So definitely just try and lean into what feels natural to you and all of those extra names people call you and all those things will come naturally if they're meant to. Okay, the last one I want to talk about is our confidence in comparison to others. In our 20s, we see, because most of my listeners are 20, or above between 20 and 35. In our 20s, we see people on such different paths. And I want, this is something we heard people talk about at nauseam, but just because someone is further ahead with you, ahead than you on the traditional path, does not mean that they are in a better place than you. Does sitting at home fighting with your boyfriend sound better than being at a music festival with your pick of six different men? I mean, to me, no, not really. Um, just because it may appear they are further along ahead on the traditional path does not make them superior to you. 
just because they have a higher paying job does not make them superior to you. They could have a higher paying job while you're actually working towards something you're passionate about. And the scripts can flip at any fucking time. So if you're someone who feels like you're very far ahead on that traditional path, I would encourage you to check yourself a little bit because at any day your boyfriend could tell you. <laughs> at any day your boyfriend could cheat on you. <laughs> um, at any day you could lose your job. And your friend that you're looking down on is very, very quickly going to surpass you on who's ahead in terms of the traditional path. Um, just a little, just a little reminder to all of you that are so fucking happy with your babies and your husbands. Why are you pregnant at 23? <laughs> um, yeah, so be confident in your path compared to others. It's really, really hard not to compare yourself, but so many things come into play. Resources someone began with, life situations that chose them to choose, that directed them to choose this path, um, financial means, emotional, emotional needs. There's so many different factors and there is no possible way to determine who is more ahead and who is more behind. And the traditional path of, babies, marriage, kids is not a formula for being ahead in life. Seriously, it's really not. Look at some of the most, it depends on what you want to be successful. And I guess if your like idea of success is having babies and all that, then great. Good on you. Do it. Um, and if your idea of success is being a millionaire, one is not better than the other. One might seem better to me than the other, but one is not better than the other, even though it pains for me to say. Whew. With that, let's go into mess mail. Um, I've only been asked one question this week. I'm not going to fucking sit here and pretend I was asked more, but I was only asked one question. And I was happy I was asked this question because it's something I wanted to address. The question is, where have you been? It feels like you've fallen off the train of podcasting. And honestly, I did fall off the train of podcasting a little bit. I, in terms of confidence, we've been talking about confidence today. I was starting to feel really, really questionable about if this was the career path for me. There is a big part of me that feels like um, I lack drive and passion for podcasting. Um, my main passion in life always was dance and podcasting just feels a little bit different to me. But something I realized was I can feel passionate about something in a different way than I do about others. And honestly, I'd rather have a career in something I love and enjoy but isn't my number one passion in the world. Like I love to have conversations with people about their deep, dark traumas. I love it. And I love doing the show. I think I'm growing while I'm doing it. I think it's a great creative outlet for me. But for a long time, I was wondering, am I wasting my time on podcasting? Am I wasting my resources? Do I look ridiculous? Am I going to get to 10 years down the road? And are people going to be saying, I can't believe she wasted so much time recording this podcast just for her to get nowhere? Because that's my biggest fear. And I think that's everyone's biggest fear is to invest so much time and effort 
into something and never reap the benefits of it. Um, so really my confidence in what I was doing podcast wise was really, really struggling, but I've come back to a place where I realized that these conversations are embarrassing. They're real. They're what I've been experiencing. They're what other people are experiencing. And they opened me up to such a wide network of amazing people. It's a conversation starter. It's a world I live in now and it's a world that I don't want to abandon. I seriously did consider it, um, but after a lot of thought and negotiation, something inside of me just kind of pushed me and was like, no bitch, like, you know, in your gut that you're not supposed to stop doing this. So you're going to keep working on it. You're going to keep doing it and it will lead you down whatever path you're meant to go on. So that's kind of where I've been in terms of podcasting. I also um, have been traveling a lot, which is another, like, I'm honestly, I'm living out my dreams in terms of traveling and working at the same time. Um, I've always said that that was my goal was to travel and work at the same time. And so I've honestly just been really relishing in living out my dreams a little bit for a while, but I'm at a place now that I'm loving it. I'm loving where my life is at. I'm so, so happy, but I need to keep pushing myself. I need to make my dreams greater than my memories as I wrote in my journal this morning. Um, so yeah, my, my, my piece of advice for this week for people is to keep pushing yourselves towards your goals. Even if you don't want to get up and work, get working on something, even if it's just for 20 minutes and I guarantee you'll end up working longer. Um, make sure you follow the podcast. It makes your life and my life better. And most importantly, stay messy. Bye.